What's up, guys? My name is Mike Ivroni, and I'd like to welcome you to the first official episode of Opportunity Cost. Today on the show, we dive into a conversation with Safe Halo founder and CEO, Dan Reggie. We talk about what it's like to live your life like a movie, what it means to surround yourself with Christmas party people, and why authenticity is the new currency. Hope you guys like it. Now, you brought up the whole concept of knowing what your next scene is, living your life like a movie. You have brought this up multiple times. For those that are listening that maybe have never heard this concept from you, I'd love to unpack it a bit deeper. Would you say that you started living your life like a movie when you made that crucial leap of faith? Or was it... Elaborate on that concept of what it means to really live your life like a movie. Yeah. Um, I, so living, living my life like a movie was, yeah, around that time frame... Around December of 2015, I just was like, wow, it's, just, that's, it's like only a year a year ago. It seemed like such a long time ago. Um, I just decided that I was going to make all my decisions around the idea that if someone was watching my life as a movie, would they find it interesting? So hmm. even little things, right? Even like really little things like uh, someone texts you at two, 2 in the morning, right? And they're like, come out. Um, we're at, you know, we're at this club in in the city or whatever, and they say, um, we'll get you there. You know, you do it. You take that. You, you, you have to take that. Um, if they, if someone's like, hey, I have a one-way trip to, to this place, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite band ever, my favorite artist ever, Justin Vernon and Bon Iver, um, they hadn't toured for four years. They hadn't put out an album for four years. They announced one date in the middle of the summer, um, I was interning. I saw the date pop up that they were tour- they were having one concert in California. I booked the tickets within five minutes. Hmm. You know, I didn't do a cost benefit analysis on whether it was a good idea. I just bought the tickets and got a flight out to California. And at that time, I was literally using my internship money to pay for that. Like I, I like this money was coming. It was immediately going right. But I was like, I would love to tell people. You know, to say that in a movie like. You had a spontaneous trip to California for a weekend to see your favorite artist live. And, you know, just even the way things look sometimes. If I'm in the city, I'll just take it in for a moment and be like, this is a movie, mm. right? So I started actually, so I got to give full credit. I, I started thinking about this June 2015. So my, well, you know, one of my best friends, and like a brother to me, Ryan Fischetta, we were working on Safe Halo kind of, really rough, really roughly, like an early version of it. We were in Madison Square Park, the Flatiron Building's right there. We were sitting there. We were just sitting down talking with a girl who was helping us with Safe Halo. We're just sitting there, and we hear, like, the most beautiful music playing throughout the city. Mm -hmm. Like, this acoustic guitar was, like, literally filtering into the air. It was a perfect weather. And... You know, Ryan, we go up to the, there's just three guys playing with guitars in, in the middle of Madison Square Park. And Ryan's like, I know these guys. Like, I, I've met one of them at like a party or something. We go up to them. We ask them what the name of the band is. And it was um, City of the Sun. And the song they were playing was Everything. And if you listen to that song, and even now I, when I listen to it, I'm right back there. It was like straight out of a movie that this guitar is playing. The weather's perfect, the city is beautiful, and we're having this amazing conversation. So I started just taking in these moments where 
wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, if, I, if something incredible happens to me, I'm just like, this is a movie. Right, I had a birthday party on like the highest rooftop in New York. You could see all three bridges, and I was with some of my closest friends. And I'm like, "This is a, this is a scene out of the movie." Mm. And, and all of a sudden, the more I said it, people around me started understanding it. They were like, "Oh, I get it." And uh, now Ryan, he says it to me sometimes, <laughs> like, "Yo, this is just a movie right now." Like, certain things like will be, will just be, it, you know it when you're in the moment. You know it. So you know I. You know, I keep a log like, almost every day of just what's been going on, like with my businesses, but also with my personal life. And sometimes I'd be like, yo, today was straight out of a movie, right? Certain certain opportunities get handed to you. Um, you know, when I went to Boston for the Hull Prize, winning that or, or getting to the finals for that was a movie. Like mm. getting called up was a movie. Um, people I meet, meetings I have, trips I take, um, when I have to give a talk somewhere and I get great questions back, the launch night of Safe Halo. Like these things are out of a movie. And I think a lot of people are like, well, my life isn't very movie-like, right? You're not taking big enough risks, right? Mm. It's like, it's hard to have a noteworthy life or a movie-worthy life if you're not taking big risks. Right. So I think living your life like a movie is trying to live the most interesting life possible. Within, within within reason. So if you have no money, don't go to backpacking to like Colombia, right? Mm. Don't go across the world. But within reason, within your means, try to live the most interesting life possible. And that's what I think I'm on a mission to do. Um, I just took a lot of opportunities, um, you know, through some pulling some strings and, and, and getting recognized for my work. I got invited to the Forbes 30 under 30, in Boston, which was incredible. We missed some class, but a group of our, the people that got invited, we all, you know, made it down there, or made it up there, and it was a super cool vibe. And then on the last day, we had our car broken into and all of our things were stolen. Um, laptop, camera, hard drives, and my hard drives were like my world. Um, uh, all of my creative work was gone. And as much as I was horrified at the idea of not only losing my book, but also a lot of my, um, my my most prided like treasures like uh, pictures of my little sister videos of her growing up um my my within like a couple hours i was like laughing with oswan a great friend of mine i'm like this is out of the movie man like <laughs> like I, because think about it if if you're watching a movie and you know the main character everything is going so well for him you know he's just killing it doing this that that like everything's going perfectly you're like uh oh, this is cool this is a cool movie but like it feels like a highlight reel right, right? And, and i was in highlight reel mode like nothing could go wrong for me things were great i was getting recognized for my work safe halo all this stuff was great and losing all my stuff i could only imagine the audience as i opened that trunk and opened up my backpack or actually, I didn't open my because they stole my backpack. But a good friend of mine opened up her backpack. I was like, "Where's my laptop?" And then we realized, like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, all of our stuff has moved up. And then it all hit me like my backpack's not even here. Mm. And I can imagine the audience watching this and going like, "No way!" Like, there's no way that Dan just lost all of his stuff right. because my book was supposed to come out literally days later like right like a couple days before the election so it's a book about politics um it's so i was working on a um a, a novel about four new york times journalists you know 
dealing with their, their, their personal lives, but also covering one of the biggest elections in history, um, which in hindsight, I'm kind of glad it didn't come out because I wouldn't have wanted to write another book about an election, but it was supposed to come out a couple of days before the election. And because I lost the last 19 chapters of it, it couldn't. Um, but I could just imagine the audience being like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way this dude just lost all of his stuff. So I was like, me and Oswald talk about it. Like, this is just a story we're going to tell. And, and literally, I'm telling you the story right now. You know what I mean? Like, right. I look at everything like a story. You can't get too high. You can't get too low in terms of like, this is the end of it. I can't come back from this. Literally, a couple hours later, me and Oswald are dapping each other up like, yeah, this is just the beginning of the comeback. Mm. If you surround yourself with people that think that the end of the world is every single day, that one bad thing means it's the end of the world, you're going to start believing that. If you surround yourself with people that think nothing can stop you, nothing can stop you. Mm. So my team, the people around me are all just like totally strong, hardest backbones I know, ready to fight always. And just super resilient people. And I think I've like, some of their resiliency is like oozed into me because I wasn't always the most resilient guy. If something bad happened to me, I would blame everyone and then just like go to bed, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I lost all my stuff and now I'm working on my rewrites to make the book better. And you know, you lose 19 chapters or something, your motivation to finish it goes down drastically. You're right. like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go back to it. It's hard for me to go back and reread some of that stuff knowing that I lost the last 19 and the last 19 are the hardest part. And I don't care what anyone says, finishing a book is a lot harder than starting a book. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I, it's just tough, but you know, living your life like a movie is so important to me. And I'll be speaking you know, at the Mar conference this March about it. Um, take every moment, like it, it could be a part of your movie. So, you know, whether you're sitting in like a new Brunswick street with your boys or your friends and it's just like the weather's perfect everyone's everyone's just chilling laughing having a great time that's a that's a moment right i you'll always hear me say like oh that's a movie mm. and you know um in october when i went to go see bon Iver in california doors open at like six i got me and my sister got there at five o'clock and weather's perfect the whole weekend the weather was flawless it's la like mm -hmm. nothing can go wrong um and one of the opening acts it starts to drizzle and i'm like oh you gotta be kidding me there's no way like, there's, it can't be raining right now. It, it hasn't rained here in, like, weeks. And Patty Smith comes out, who's, like, the opener, the real opener for Bon Iver, and it starts torrentially downpouring. Mm. And then there's lightning in the background. It's, it's an outdoor venue. It's a Hollywood Bowl. So it's pouring rain, and there's lightning. And my sister looks at me, and I'm like, if we flew out to California for this show to get canceled, I've waited literally my entire adult life to see this guy perform. I love Justin Vernon and I just, I admire him greatly. If I really did this, this would really suck. This wouldn't be part of a movie. This would be suck. This would be awful. And there was lightning and, and people are talking and Mike had canceled. Like at nine o'clock when Bonnie, when Justin was supposed to come out with Bonnie, with his band, um, the sky went as clear as I've ever seen it. Mm. Um, and for his entire set, it was like an hour and a half. It was the most beautiful night I've ever been a part of. 
The music was great. The weather was somehow perfect. You could see all of LA. And because the rain had come, you could see the stars. And it was just surreal, right? Out of a movie, you go, you, you go to this crazy weekend of coming across the country for a perfect night. And as soon as he gets off, it starts raining again, right? Mm -hmm. So for like this one, for the time that he performed, it was flawless weather. And, and you might think, oh, what is what? So what, weather is part of your movie? It is, right? It's like certain vibes of, you know, so my partner, Jamie, who runs my company with me, she, we've been in moments where we met with an investor at, um, at a place, at, it's a Mexican restaurant, like six seats or like six tables. Um, and he said he met his fiance there. And I look at Jamie and I'm like, that's a movie moment, right? The, an investor takes you to the place where he met his fiance. That's like so cool to me. We didn't go to the fanciest place in New York. Right, it, it's almost like in my movie, what has more character? Going to the ritziest place in New York or going to the place where you met your fiance? Mm. So my life is consisted of these irreplaceable movie moments where I just take it all in and I usually write them down because they're, they're really important to me. So if you go back on my logs, there are certain moments that were movie moments. Like when, when Drizzle got funded, that was a, mo that was a movie moment for me. It's not always like the thing that makes it to the final cut, but I always am like super grateful for the moments that life gives me as far as getting to do talks, getting to launch my own company at Rutgers University, getting to go to Boston, getting to sit down with Richard Branson. I had lunch with Richard Branson. That was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I, I don't, if you think your life is a movie, you'll cherish a lot more moments. Mm -hmm. And if you think your life is boring, everything will just seem infinitely more boring, right? Good weather in California might seem boring to others, but to me, it was like serene. I loved it. Like I looked at my sister, I'm like, this night couldn't be any better. So for me, it's like when you live your life like a movie, you have a lot, you have a deeper appreciation for life. And when good things happen, you're like, best thing ever. When bad things happen, you're like, man, the main character is in a bad spot right now. Um, and, and I live my life like I'm watching my own movie, right? Mm -hmm. So when, when bad things happen to me, it's always like the main character is hurt, not me. I get to watch my life kind of from afar and make decisions based on what I think would be more interesting. I, I don't want to play it safe. I, I have the luxury, at least, to take a lot of risks. I emptied out my bank account, literally emptied it out, my internship money, to pay for Safe Halo, to fund the fall pilot program. I have no regrets about that because when I tell people that, we went to the sororities and stuff, and when I tell them it's self-funded, one of the girls was like, can we help, can we donate? I'm like, that's amazing to me that, that you would like volunteer to donate. But had I gotten money from, you know, my dad or my mom, okay, but like a lot of other people have done that. But to say I self-funded this program because I bet on myself, that's a moment out of a movie. And, and I'll, I'm going to continue to live my life like that until the day I die. I will never, ever change on that. So even when I'm opening my new offices, it has to feel like a beautiful office I would be in a movie, right? Not like, does it have the most bathrooms or does the, are there elevators or whatever? It has to feel like a movie could be shot here because my life will be consistent of memories in that office, my apartment, wherever it may be. It has to feel right. And, you know, you get to control every part of your movie. You're the director. So your cast, the people in your life, pick the best ones. You have total control. Some people just, some people are like, 
not the director of their own life, mm-hmm. right? And I know that sounds like some weird, like, guru thing, but some people don't direct their own movie. And I'm like, you have full control of your life, of the people that are in it. If you don't want this person in this role, get them out. Find someone better. Mm. My movie is casted so, so well. Like, I have the hilarious friends that offer the best advice. Kayla. So, like, there's, I could go, I could honestly rattle off the whole cast right now. I won't, but people like Kayla who, who came into my life a year ago and now are, like, staples. When I need good advice, she's there. When we're having good, good times in Boston, she's there. Mm. When we have awful, awful moments when all of our stuff got stolen, she was there, right? She wasn't there in my life a year ago, and she is now. She would be great in the movie, right? So you got to find the right people. Find the right scenery. If you're not in the right city or you're not in the right building or whatever it may be, find that right place for you. Mm. You get to direct your entire movie. Like, take advantage of that. Because it's, don't let someone else direct your movie. That would be the biggest waste in the world. Now let's dive into one thing that I know you love to talk about when you're talking about like having the this like group of awesome people in your life. You you refer to them as Christmas party people, and I think this is oh, like yeah. this is one of the the coolest concepts that I myself have also applied to my own life, and yeah. it has helped just make me feel like I'm a much more complete person, much more positive person. Talk about what it means to find your Christmas party people. Yeah, so. This is the cornerstone of my life. Um, this goes right back into that movie thing. It's like building your cast. So I have kind of a a way to not rate people, but in my head, excuse me, in my head, I have a way to figure out who the right people in my life are. So the reason this all came about was I had a dream a long time ago, or maybe like a year and a half ago. And in this dream, um, I was in this beautiful office. It was a exposed brick it was a big open area space you know the interns were working in the middle our staff was in the bullpen um again this is my safe hail offices i dream about this constantly um and i guess we were having a holiday party it was like a christmas party and in this dream all of my friends and family are in kind of in the main area and Ryan and I, so Ryan, my good friend uh, and guy who helped me out with Safe Halo, we're in like a, in my office and mm-hmm. we're like getting on the call with UCLA or something and we just close a deal on like five California schools um, and all of our friends and family are in this common area while we're like finishing up this thing before we go to the Christmas party downstairs. Um, and in the, in the, in the dream... I, we got off the phone with like a California school and said like, okay, we now have five more schools in California and we had reason to celebrate. And I, I, I dapped Ryan up and I was like, all right, let's go to our party. Let's like, let's, let's get down to it. And we go downstairs and, and you know, as I come down, I say, you know, we just got California and everyone's cheering and Mm -hmm. it's, it's all really great. But in the dream, I start looking around and it's a, it's like an intimate environment. It's not a lot of people. And I was like, wow, these are interesting people here. Um, And it was people that I loved dearly. It wasn't all of my friends that I've ever met. It was these just really good people in my life. And I was was like, oh, that's interesting. They're not the people that I would have expected to invite to a holiday party. They're like my favorite people, but not like my closest, closest friends. And when I woke up, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I want, I want to figure out why I had that dream. So my thing is you don't have a lot of time, right? You only have 24 hours a day and you got to devote it to a lot of different things. So 
I said the people you devote your time to should not be like a hundred different people. It should be, you know, the Christmas party people are the people you want to devote a lot of your time to. And my metric for if you're a Christmas party person is if you were invited to the party, could you hang on your own? Could you be interesting enough to mingle with everyone and, and talk and have fun and not be like, where's Dan? Where's Dan? Where's Dan? Because those are the worst people at parties or at least corporate parties that are like always looking for the host. And I wanted to find the most interesting people. So in my life, I was like, okay, so who would come to my Christmas party? And I started making a list, but then I was like, but then who are the people that would come 30 minutes early to help me set up? Mm. And, you know, th that's a very small list. The people that would come 30 minutes early to help me set up are who I devote a lot of my time to. So there are only a couple people and I spend a lot of time. I'll FaceTime them. I'll, you know, text, how's your day? How are you, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, uh, how's the family? Like, these are my family. If, if you're if you're Christmas party, you are family. Mm. Um, so... You know, really interesting people, people that can stand on their own, people that are um, compassionate, that that when, when I look around at my best moments in life, I want these people to share it with me. And that realization made me realize who my real friends are. Um, and a lot of times it's not the people you spend the most time with. A lot of times it's not the people that you've been friends with for 15 years. It's the people that you've been friends with for six months, mm. right? Like Kayla, Christmas party person. There are a lot of people I went to high school with that are not on that list that Kayla is on, right? So it's not about time. It's not about how much, how many years you put in together. It's about the quality of that relationship. Mm. And, you know, I look at it like, as soon as I had that dream, I texted Ryan and I, I told him exactly that. And he was like, bro, I've never related to something so much in my life where right away, you know who's coming 30 minutes before, mm -hmm. you know who's getting invited and you know who blows you off. And to have that understanding really puts your friends into perspective and you, you devote a lot of time to the right people. Um, one of my great friends, Annabelle, she goes to school in Canada. I haven't seen her in like a year. Without a doubt, Christmas party, mm. right? Because there's a level of the quality of friendship far surpasses FaceTime. Mm. And if you are at this age determining your quality of relationships on FaceTime, that's a bad decision. Because I see Ryan maybe once every four or five months. He is the most shoe-in Christmas party person ever. Mm. And, you know, that's something that I've tried to kind of not trademark but make my thing where it's funny because I've told a lot of my close friends about it, about this idea that I have. And it's funny because when I met Tim, not met Tim, Tim is a great friend of mine. Um, well, when I, when Tim was meeting Ryan, all I had to do was say to Tim, uh, oh, Ryan's Christmas party. Like he's, 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 he's a surefire Christmas party person. And then when I told Ryan about Tim, I was like, oh, Tim is definitely a Christmas party. You just know right away. Mm. If they're that important to me to make the Christmas party, it's a real deal. Right. Right. You don't have to be like, is he really cool? Like, is he, ah, uh, I don't want him staying over my apartment. Because Ryan, when we went to Chicago the other, uh, a week ago, you know, he let me, Jamie, and Tim stay at his apartment. I was like, yo, Ryan, they're good. They're Christmas party. And he's like, okay, totally understand. Mm -hmm. Right. But if I, if, if I don't say that, there's something wrong. It's like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, man. Like you can't crash here, but like you can come hang with us later. Um, so it's the ultimate sign of respect. It's the ultimate sign of love and adoration. Um, if your Christmas party, in my eyes, I owe you a lot. 
I'll devote a lot of my time to you and I'm very grateful for you. And I think it's the biggest compliment to say, when all my dreams come true, like I want you guys around. Um, mm. So that's how it is for me, at least. I think for everyone it's a little different, but the people I've told about it seem to like it and they seem to kind of understand what it means to have great friends, mm. um, great relationships, and just it kind of puts your life into perspective a little bit. Um, for me, it was always like our, my first Christmas in my safe hill offices is going to be a very, very emotional night and memorable mm. night because of this, because I've put so much thought and effort into the people around me. It's not just like, let's throw together some party. I will spend months planning that party mm. if, because at least the first one, the second and third, who cares? But the first one will mean a lot to me because a lot of it was great people in your life can just make your movie a lot more interesting. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that is something that the sooner you realize that life is not just about the quality of people, but the quality of experiences and that whole, you know, putting those two worlds together, like living your life with a movie is like the quality experience, living your life with the quality people is the Christmas part of people. And to have those together, it makes so much sense why this past year has been such a big leap for you. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like um, before that, you didn't have that sort of um, perspective absolutely. on life. Or like and, structure, yeah, absolutely. I would call perspective. That's the perfect word for it. It was, yeah, I just didn't have it. And that's that's awesome to see that, having gone through the trenches and everything that you've gone through, excuse my voice, <clears throat> that it's amazing to see that, that maybe it was that leap of faith that led to you figuring out all these awesome core values have, and that, that's absolutely beautiful to hear. And so I guess the last thing I want to dive into is how you how important you believe that authenticity is mm -hmm. um maybe you could relate it to taste i know you like we've talked about like what are the little things that you love like i know you talk about you know going to see the northern lights and having bon Iver play in the background yeah like that is like something that not everybody can like really say like oh that that's like my aesthetic mm -hmm. that's like my thing so like kind of talk about um your taste the little things that inspire you that you love um and how it relates to authenticity or yeah Authenticity is a new currency. Like, with millennials, if you want to succeed, you got to be authentic. Um, because we can smell fake from a mile away. Um, and, look, I study guys like Brian Chesky at Airbnb. Um, Joe Gebbia at Naples Archuk. Like, those guys... So Airbnb is kind of what I've been really, really knee-deep into right now. That's it. Those are the guys I'm studying. It used to be Apple. Um, I used to worship Steve Jobs. Um, and study everything he did. And as of recently, I can't relate to it anymore. I just, um, I'm not a big fan of Apple design anymore. I love a lot of their products, but Airbnb is where like my taste is currently centered in. I love everything they do. Same with Spotify. I think their design is amazing. So a lot of my taste comes from just things I like. So experiences I like. I have never used Airbnb before, but I'm going to because I love the experience of the website, I love the guys that started it, I love how much they care about design. Mm. Um, it's a beautiful company. And and that's how I, I, I will admit this honestly, um, Safe Halo is gonna model a lot of the way we're structured around Airbnb. Um, you think about how Airbnb started, they're asking you to trust a stranger, right? To, to stay in their home. Safe Halo is asking you to trust a stranger as well. So I model a lot of what I do after them. Um, so in terms of the taste, I look at like, I love how they design everything. I love how Spotify designs their, their experience. So I was like, what other things do I love? Um, and it's really good to know what you love and what you don't love. Mm. I hate ripping napkins. 
um, super specific, but I cannot stand it. Um, I hate when people mix up words, uh, which is, is super snobbish to say, but when I know you mean to say one word and you say another word because you don't know the other word, that's frustrating for me. I hate it. And it, a lot of times, like, so people say, um, oh, when you're, when you're acting crazy or like you're out of your mind, they'll say, oh, he's acting delusional. They mean to say delirious, but they mix it up. And when I know what you're trying to, and it doesn't matter, but little things that like that irk me, but also things I love. So things I love, um, girls in black dresses and guys in black tuxedos, mm. um, clattering silverware, the color matte black, um, the Mercedes S class. Um, did I say clattering silverware? You did? Yeah. That's like a number one for me. Like I'll literally open my window because we live uh, upstairs from a diner. Um, I'll open my window just to hear that in the morning. Um, the sounds of a cafe are awesome to me. The song I Need a Forest Fire by Bon Iver and James Blake. Every time I fly, I listen to that song because it puts me in a place where I can think. Um, the music of Bon Iver, obviously. Um, glasses i love the glasses that i wear um and and i hate that i have to wear them but now i look at them like i'm so romantic about my glasses like these things that sit on my eyes have seen everything that i've seen mm. in the last like four or five years i'm like everyone's like you put them on like but i'm like technically these little glass things have been with me longer than anything else right i put them on every morning i i wipe them when i'm nervous i have cried into them i have ripped them off when happiness like these glasses have stayed with me um i love new york city i love madison square park i love to write um i love the first name calliope i love the book matilda right I, i'm i'm very very particular about the things i like because if you're not you're boring Nobody wants to have a main character that is indifferent to everything. I listen to a lot of specific music. Um, the work of Aaron Sorkin is my favorite. Um, I think the more precise you are and the more specific things you like, the more well-rounded you, you become because you can participate in a lot of conversations. Um, when people are like, I love sports. Okay, what sports? Um, what is your team? What do you support? Do you like anything else? Do you like politics? Do you like history? Do you, you know, there's a lot. And when you're dealing with taste, I think before anything else, before any other talent that I had, I always thought I had good taste. And my taste has evolved, but I think even now, like it's unparalleled. I love restaurant design. So when I go to a restaurant in the city, I'm like, hey, this place is designed beautifully. It was crazy when I was in LA, um, I was picking out a place to go for my sister's 24th birthday. And, you know, we're like, we're like looking at a couple spots on like Yelp. And she's like, I want to have pasta. I'm like, no, we want to go to the most beautiful place. I don't care about the food. It has to be a beautiful place. Um, we went to this place, Pistola, in, on Melrose. And you walk in, it's like the most beautiful, at least to me, it was the most beautiful place. First of all, the outside is matte black. So, of course, I'm going <laughs> to like it. Um, it's just one matte black surface that says Pistola on it. And I just loved it. And the food was amazing. We had a dessert that was like to die for. Me and her both agree that's like our last dessert that we'll ever have in our life if, if we're on like death row or something. Um, so for me, it was like, 
I like the way things look and appear, and, and not in a superficial way, but how things appear and visually make can make you feel. It'll be four in the morning, I'll close my eyes and listen to Bon Bear at a very high volume, or James Blake, or Francis and the Lights, right, or Kanye, or anything. I was, it was like, it was like five in the morning before I went to uh, Chicago, it was like an all-nighter for me. I was listening to Around Us by Honsi, which is one of my favorite, favorite songs. It's in my best playlist on Spotify. Um, and I'm just jamming in my room. Like, I'm like air drumming like crazy. I'm just so in the moment. And I think even stuff like having a playlist on Spotify that just says best. You better figure out your top 10 favorite songs. Because the more you cultivate, the more you say, I can only have 10, and you can narrow down your passion, that's awesome. Mm. If you can refine your fire, look, a forest fire burning out of control is just a burning fire. But if you need to light just one little thing, you need controlled fire, mm. right? So, you know, bad example, but you want to light a candle. You don't use a forest fire for that, right? You need a precise match. You need to strike that match and have a precise flame. And, and for me, that's what I feel like. I feel like a precise flame. It burns hot, but I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, when it comes to fonts, my, you know, people make fun of me. They're like, why do you care so much about fonts? <laughs> because I'll say, that font sucks. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I have literally 10,000 fonts on my computer or my old computer, but I'm trying to get them all back. Um, things like fonts, colors. For Safe Halo, to determine our Safe Halo Blue, it took me like weeks to figure out the perfect hex code for Safe Halo Blue. Um, the more particular you are, the more narrow you can get your taste down to, the broader you technically become. Because the fact that I like um, my favorite, I know my favorite writer, I know my favorite musician, I know my this and that and that and that, it makes you more interesting, right? You want to live a great life. Now when people talk about the social network, when one of my, one of my friends will bring up like, oh, um, oh yeah, I just saw this movie called The Social Network. Like, oh, you got to talk to Dan. It's his favorite movie. That's important. If someone's like, oh, I just got Boney Bear tickets, they're like, oh, you got to tell Dan. He loves Boney Bear. If, if you can't be the guy that people, re like, refer back to, or, the, you know, you're just like a, you're a blank slate. I want to be able to say, like, uh, if someone names their daughter Matilda, and they're like, Dan, you have to meet her. She's named after your favorite, she's named after your favorite book. The more precise you are, people know you better. They can understand you. I think it makes me personable where the fact that I listen to, that I, the fact that I love football, that I love to write, that I listen to Boney very regularly, that I started a company, that my favorite book is a children's book written by Ronald Dahl, like, it makes me who I am. And if you just say, I like books, I like reading, I like sports, and I like coffee, okay, so does like half the population. Be specific. Your taste will only get better if you allow it to. So, you know, say what's what I really what really frustrates me is when people are like, "Oh, I just hated that. Oh, that was the worst." You better tell me why you think it was the worst, because someone worked really, really hard on that movie, on that album, on that art. If you go to a gallery and say, "Oh, what is this? Oh, like he must have been on drugs." Someone poured their life into this art. So unless you can do better or tell me exactly what you don't like about it. If we're watching a movie and you're like, you know, I love this story, but the cinematography was kind of off. Or like the lighting was weird to me. 
it, it was offsetting or off-putting. That's what I meant to say. See, I hate when mm-hmm. people switch the words. Off-putting. Um, that's cool. If you can criticize, like, specifically, like, there, there have been movies where I'm like, I don't love the story, but it was shot beautifully. That's awesome. But if you're just like, oh, that movie sucked. You're not my friend. Nobody at my Christmas party does that. Mm. That's a criteria. Coming through the door, you will not hear one person say, oh, that art is garbage. Or, uh, oh, what is she doing? You just don't hear that. The people in my life, just they, they know better than to blindly criticize. Oh, I don't take that. We don't have that around here. Our team is tolerant. Our team is grateful for art. Um, our team creates art. So, like, one of my best friends, Oswan, he has his own radio show. You think anyone's going to say, you think Oswan's going to be like, oh, yo, Z100 Z or, or is trash? How could you say that when you've done it before, right? That's what people don't understand. If you've made a movie before, you will never just blatantly say that movie's trash to another movie because you know how much work went into it. I will never tell another writer, oh, this is garbage. Because someone spent two, three years working on that. No one will ever be able to criticize something they haven't created themselves. Mm-hmm. So when people criticize, I always take it with a grain of salt. But I'm always super appreciative of people that can, that can be grateful for art and the artist. There's a lot of art that I don't like, that I don't understand. There, there's music that I don't like, that I don't understand. But I will never say that's trash or that's mm-hmm. not good. Because as much as I don't enjoy Fetty Wap's album, he put work into that. And no one can take that away from him. Because the same way that I literally worship Bon Iver's music, you know, I, I adore it endlessly. Some people are like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And my sister was that. So I got to say this. I, to wrap it up, my sister said that. She, you know, before we went to the show, she was like, I, I don't know if I can sit through it. I don't know if I can do it. The music was really robotic feeling. And like, mm-hmm. she, she heard some of the album. She was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. We sit down, listen to and he performs it. And he, she was like near tears. She was like, that was beautiful. One of my favorite songs, 715 Creeks on the new album, on the new Bonnie Bear album. To people listening to it on YouTube, it's, it's one thing. Hearing that live changed my life. That concert legitimately changed my life because it took me seeing my favorite artist live to understand that my taste was perfectly on the money. Mm. Because I saw him live and I was like, to my sister and to everyone, I was so right about this because I've never been more appreciative for one person giving me an hour and 40 minutes of their time and their art. Justin Vernon sat in front of thousands of people, opened up his heart, performed his art, and then went, went home. And, and that is one of the most vulnerable things is to open yourself up and give your art to someone. My art is making companies. I, I consider it an art form because of the amount of work I put into it, right? I'm not reading out of a textbook and then doing something. I put a lot of time and love into it. So when I launch a company, my launches take a little bit longer than an hour, 40 minutes. But you put yourself out there. You're really vulnerable to criticism. But when your taste is really good, you start getting more confident. You're like, wait a minute. I know my taste is good. I know. So Justin Vernon knows. When he comes out at the Hollywood Bowl for an hour and 40 minutes, he's putting out a classic. He's going to make my sister cry. He's going to make me cry. Right? He's going he's gonna to put a lot of people, he's going to put a lot of goosebumps on people's arms. 
So I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point where now when I launch companies and hopefully Safefield is one of my last because I'm, you know, it's not something that I want to keep launching companies. I want to find the right company that changes my life. And I think this is the one I feel really confident. And I think it's because I, just like Justin, you know, I know I'm giving goosebumps now, right? I'm really confident in my art. Um, and I'm no longer, you know, at the talent show shakily holding the microphone. I'm at the Hollywood Bowl ready to go. So my taste has reached a really great point in my life where I know when things are good, when I know when things are bad. Um, even with my own work, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm my own biggest critic. And I think great creatives need to criticize themselves early and often. Don't beat yourself up after the fact. Criticize yourself when you can still do something about it. So, you know, that's kind of my little piece. Keep fighting, keep creating. Be relentless about the way you create. Don't take anything from anyone unless they can do better than you. Right, really fight for the things you love. If you love it, it matters. There is nothing stupid about the things you love. I don't care what anyone else says, 715 Creeks is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. It sounds weird to some people, but it is art to me. And I will never ever waver on that. So don't ever waver on the things that you love, the things you create, because at some point you'll be celebrating all the things you love at your Christmas party. So, you know, be really confident in yourself, in your art, in your creativity. Like, that's like, that's what life's all about. It's just loving the things you love. That's, that's literally all it's about. Just as like a final wrap up, final thought, what's something that um, an aspiring creative, aspiring entrepreneur, aspiring musician, artist of any kind, professional of any kind, what's something that you think they can start applying to their life today to start living their life like a movie or start making progress towards their, their dream coming true? When I was at Forbes, I got to talk, or not, I got to talk, Ashton Kutcher talked to us, um, and he's a really smart VC, really intelligent guy, and he said, the first thing you need to do with a startup is metrics. You need to measure everything. And, and, I, and I was wondering, why does that matter in the first day? And he said, if you measure everything, I'm sorry, he said, if you don't measure anything, you have nothing to improve on. So... My version of that for all creatives and professionals and entrepreneurs is what's something that I've done since June of 2014. And it's, it's, it's keeping a log. Um, so there's no, you know, something you can do today, like to make yourself better. Work at your craft, obviously. But um, I would say start working on a log. So I do it on a Google Doc because I can use it on all platforms. I would try to start once a day. You know, early on, it was like once every two months. I, I would never log. And now it's like every day because of so much stuff is going on in my life. If you write down things that inspire you that day, good things that happened, bad things that happened, um, what type of projects you're working on, you write that all down. And the next day, next day, next day, and you stay committed to it, you can improve because you'll see like it's like measuring yourself. You're like, so wait, last, last year I was working a year ago. From today, I was still at Drizzle. I was still working at Drizzle. And I would have had no way of knowing that had I not written everything down. I know the dates that I got funded. I know the dates that Jamie and I got, um, that we were in the city um, meeting with investors. I know the dates of every single thing. I know the exact feeling I had when I met with this person. I Because what I would do is if I was listening to music on the train, I would write the songs I was listening to. So that when I go back to listen to them, I'm in that exact same space that I once was. So I can't recommend that enough. I, I know it's not the most glamorous, oh, do this today. 
write a log. If you can do a Google Doc, great. If you want to write by hand, that's great too. But I prefer Google Doc because I'm a typer. Um, I write everything down, man. Like life is life moves too quickly to not remember everything. And the people that say their life is boring miss a lot. They forget a lot. So even stuff like I'm trying to think of something that's kind of ridiculous that's in my log. Um, even stuff like losing all my stuff at Forbes, having that first reaction, going back to read that log, the anger I had in that log of someone stealing my stuff, seeing that anger is good for me because now I'm like, look how much you've progressed. Look how much you've improved since then. You know, even like when I'm writing, I'm like, oh, I've, I've hit my, I've hit my stride. I banged out four chapters tonight. That's so cool to me. It's like, it's, you get to like rewatch a movie. I'm like writing my own movie now. And it's funny because sometimes if a lot of stuff you would forget would make for a great story at the Christmas party. So, you know, even stuff like, I remember in August um, when I was building my team, Jamie texted me like, hey, I want to join the team. I just, I remember that text and I wrote it down. I was like, oh, cool. So that three years from now at our third Christmas party, I'll be like, I, I still have that text. I still remember what was said because it's important. If you, if you live your life like you're trying to get to the end, like you're literally trying to get to death, that's what it is. Like, what are you racing towards? Enjoy these moments. Like, treat it like a movie. Like, my favorite movie is The Social Network. I savor every moment of it. And if you're not, like, savoring every moment of it, like, your creative process, write it down. Um, the things that inspire you, the movies that you like, um, things you don't like. I remember when the, the Broncos won the... When did the Broncos win the Super Bowl? This year, right? Yeah, it's yeah. past year. I, in my log, I, it was like, the Broncos just won the Super Bowl. I couldn't care less. And I'm like, that's interesting, because I love football. And this was the first Super Bowl where I could not care less. And you know why? I was working on really cool stuff. And one of my logs, I was like, I don't really care about X as much as I... Okay, so what I used to log about was I was in a... You know, I was with someone, you know, last summer where... You write about things like, at this point in time, you felt this way. Two months later, you felt this way. In hindsight, you could be like, I never felt that way. Oh, I was never really into her. Or, um, I, I, oh, I never really cared that much. There's a log that said, I think Drizzle will change my life. And at the time, I really did. There's also a log that says, I think Safe Halo will change my life. There's also a log that says, I think Canberra will change my life. So... It's good to have that perspective. It, it's really healthy to... Because in hindsight, I could be like, I knew Canberra was a joke. I knew Drizzle was a joke. It was always safe Halo. That's, that's a lie. That is a total lie. At every point in your life, you think you're working on the coolest thing ever. So, you know, maybe I hope safe Halo is the last company I ever start. I hope that. But if in five years I'm working on the, the cure to cancer, I'll be like, haha, remember when safe Halo, right? Mm. It's like perspective is everything. So... I write everything down because it's just healthy for me. It is really cathartic to have, I wouldn't say it's therapeutic, but it really kind of is sometimes. Writing things down gets like, gives you some distance from you and your problems, but also you and your successes. You shouldn't be constantly like everyone complimenting you. You're living in this fantasy world of everyone loves you. A lot of times I'll write down like, so-and-so said you inspire him today. That's awesome. 
good to know. And I write it all down so that when I go back to read it one day, um, I'll just remember that all the people that kind of I inspired, that inspired me, um, all my trips, I, I log everything because I want to remember like what I ate, uh, places I went to. It's crazy because Tim and I go to this place called Go Go Thai. I wrote it down because in like five years, I want to go back to that place. Jamie and I went to Los Feliz Tacos. I want to go back there. Um, that's where we had our investor meeting. Uh, cafe Vita was a cafe we went to right before the investor meeting. I write this all down because I want to remember it. We had Dippin' Dots. After, we went to, right after the investor meeting, we went to a Yankee game. Um, they were playing the Red Sox. The Red Sox got blown out. Um, and we had Dippin' Dots. Right? You'll forget these moments in three years. You'll forget it. You'll say, we went to the city, had a great meeting, and that was it. I really care more about the fact that I had, uh, I had a calamari taco. That's important to me, and it's part of the movie. So write everything down. Just start writing your movie. Even, and, and my logs are not written like, dear diary. I just talk. I just literally write all my stuff down. Like uh, last night, I wrote one. I was like, save Halo Night 11 was awesome. Play Cards Against Humanity, really fun night. Great group of kids. Can't be happier with the work I'm doing. That's important to me because, you know, week 11, in week one, you should see my log. The night I came back, I was near tears because I was like, I can't believe I launched this company. And now I'm at week 11. It's just amazing to me. So if I could give any advice to anyone, it'd just be write a lot. Um, get a lot of your thoughts, your ideas, your current mental state. It's healthy. Self-love, self, that mental, st you need to be mentally healthy. Um, keeping a log is, has, has definitely kept me sane, has definitely kept me sane. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend that. It's, it's, it's changed my life. It's made my life more interesting because I can't, now I do stuff like, well, I have to, have to do something today. Otherwise my log will be empty. So I, I do fun stuff. I try to talk to cool people. Um, and I also remember a lot of the relationships that I might've forgotten. I remember like dodging bullets too. Like there was one time I had a log. I was like, I'm having a meeting with so-and-so and that so-and-so turned out to be a really bad person or a really bad guy that I'm glad I didn't do any business with. Um, but at the time, I thought he was gonna be the guy, right? You have to remember all of these things. So um, really, maybe it's because I, I love to write. I'm a writer by nature, but I think everyone should have some version of it. Keep a log, keep, keep record or keep a track of your movie so that when these big movie moments come, you can write movie moment alert and then write about it. Like, cause you have to capture how you felt that day. Don't write it once, don't write it every Friday, recapping your whole week. Do it at that moment, at that time. Try to capture that moment of how you felt. If there was like a music, if there was like a song you were listening to at the time, write music, cue, this song. So that you know that when you're, when you're reading it back, you can listen to it. Get back in that moment. Like it's really important to, to live in these moments that make up your life. I love it. I, I think that's that's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time of course, of course. out of your day to do this interview. It means a lot that you were the first person um, to interview because you've been a big inspiration for me for the past yeah. few years. So yeah, really, I can't be thankful enough for all the work that you're doing around campus, on um, the way that you've impacted my life. Keep doing amazing things. Um, guys, please check out Dan's business, Safe Halo, at wearesafehalo.com and his talk um, and this coming March at the Mark Conference. Um, Dan, thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.